Welcome to another edition of Down the HR Rabbit Hole, brought to you by Crescent HR and Crescent Payroll Solutions. My name is Sanders Offner, and I am the president of Crescent Payroll Solutions. Um, we've got a fantastic show for you today, a great guest. Um, we expect to have a lot of great conversation today, so I'm very much looking forward to that. But I do want to introduce my co-host today, Mr. Philip Carrillo, who is the HR advisor for us here at CPS. Uh, welcome, Philip. Thank you very much. I'm doing fantastic, by the way. That's great to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, uh, please introduce our special guest. We have with us today Corianne Green. She goes by Corey and uh, has a tremendous amount of experience, and I'm going to read her bio for you so I don't confuse any of this. <clears throat> Corianne Green, she is a SHRM SCP, that Senior Certified Professional, is a human resources executive with more than 15 years of experience. Her passion is providing HR solutions to her team by helping them build their HR infrastructure through people, technology, and compliance. Corian has held many HR roles in both the private and public sections, <clears throat> including manufacturing, food, fire, police, and municipal. Corey holds a bachelor's degree in business administration from the University of New Orleans. She is also certified as a senior, a senior professional in human resources at SHRM SCP that I mentioned earlier. Corey is an active member in many prominent HR organizations, including the Society for Human Resource Management and North Shore, North Shore Society for Human Resources Management that's in SHRM. Her volunteer roles include president, past president, membership director, forum committee member, and currently programming director. Corey enjoys spending time with her family, reading, and listening to music. She is married with two children, Lucas, 16, and Alyssa, 8. Corey also enjoys mentoring up-and-coming HR professionals where she shares her knowledge and passion for HR. Thank you so very much for joining us today, Corey. I'm happy to be here. Good. We're so glad to have you. Welcome, Corey. Good Thank to see you again. Yes. So, Philip, I know we have an exciting uh, topic today. So why don't we uh, explain to our guests our, our topic, and then we can get into some conversation. Sure. So the purpose of the podcast is to help uh, business leaders and other HR professionals kind of navigate the uh, sometimes complex waters of human resources and human capital management. And so today we thought, let's start uh, this first quarter in the year off, um, or maybe close it out, with a discussion on performance management. And for me, performance management is a really wonderful opportunity for businesses, but it is often what I've found over the years a cringe-inducing uh, word or two words. And, um, and so the title of today's podcast is Performance Management, You Have Options. So in light of all that, we read your bio. We know that you've got a lot of experience, a deep wealth of knowledge, which almost certainly includes performance management. What are your thoughts on performance management, your philosophy? Well, I think uh, performance management can be highly effective when it's done correctly. The problem is most organizations are still using a very outdated performance management system, which really isn't effective in the performance of the, uh, encouraging the performance of the employees, and it's just wasting overhead and cost. Um, so really my philosophy with uh, employee uh, performance management is to bring back the people connection and really make it more informal than formal um, a lot of companies they um, they do this yearly 
performance review, which is just ineffective. Like employees don't like it. They, they cringe about it. It's very, it focuses on the past. And one thing I like to tell managers is to that while employee performance reviews focus on the, you can reflect on the past, you really need to focus on the future. So that's really my philosophy. You can reflect on the past, but nothing in there should be a surprise. They should know everything in that performance review because it's already, it should have already been talked about. You emphatically uh, gestured with your hands that nothing should be a surprise. Nothing. I I hate when I see managers bring, and hate is a very strong word, I highly dislike when managers bring these performance reviews to employees and they have no idea that there was an issue to begin with. Why? It's not fair to the employee, number one. It's not fair to the employee. And it really causes more havoc than anything in the workplace at that point. People become bitter. They become mm-hmm. angry about, you know, why didn't you tell me sooner? I would have changed it, especially millennials. Millennials and Gen Zs, they're coming into this workplace and they want feedback. I'm a millennial. I want constant feedback. Not because I want to know, you know, a pat on the back, but because I want to know what I'm doing is right. So I think that's really important. Yeah, it can feel like a setup yeah. in some Yes. Really um, funny and ironic inverse way. The whole purpose of performance management is to get the best out of people. Right. And the way it's set up or was set up was really, like you said, a setup. I mean, it's just like you feel defensive. You're going into the meeting on defense, not offense, you know. Right. right. I have a question to expand upon that. So for for a business owner that might be listening, you know, I think they also, there's a stigma with performance reviews, like, oh, I have to do it. You know, it's part of, you know, the, the, the culture of my business. But I don't think they buy into it. How, how does um, a prof, you know, HR professional like yourself, what is the communication to the business owner? Like, here's why you need to do these things. Here is what the ROI is going to be to you as the owner of the business. Mm-hmm. Is that a tough sell? It is to some. To some, it's not. I think we're going into a... Um, especially with all the changes with COVID and remote workplaces, we're moving into a new chapter in the workplace um, where if you don't keep up with this performance management, you're going to have people fall off because they're working remotely. They have no connection to people. Um, It is a hard sell, but I think it's getting easier because of the remote workforce. But um, the, the end result is you get more productivity when you give people when you give people feedback. When you don't give them feedback, they think everything's good and they're doing their everyday task and they think everything's fine. And then from a business owner's point of view, they're not doing something you want, but you're not communicating it to them. So there goes the productivity. And then you, the onset of frustration and irritation, and then it causes a bad culture that no one wants to work in and a lack of trust. No, exactly. So when you said outdated, a lot of these processes are outdated or you find that some businesses are just, they have an outdated approach to performance management. I think what we're seeing a lot of with, with our Crutch and HR division is that there is a, a, a growing demand for 360 performance reviews because not only are the employees wanting the feedback, but they also like to rate themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so that that's huge too. Yeah, and I, I don't think there's one perfect performance review. I really think it depends on the organization, the culture, and the people. I've worked in companies where a 360 has worked 
amazing. And then I've worked in manufacturing where if you give a mechanic or a welder an assessment, they're just shutting down. They don't know what to say. They just kind of want to be rated. They want to know that they're doing their job and they want to move on. Um, but in other situations with our sales folks, they really enjoyed the 360 because they were able to give back valuable information and feel like they were part of the team. So I think it just depends on the organization and the culture as a whole. But I do like 360 assessments. Yeah. Those are, I like those personally. Yeah, those are great. You know, if, if you know, I'm trying to think as a, as a business owner here, you know, I see in a lot of businesses that we work with where um, a lot of their, uh, I guess, promotional components uh, or, or rate increases, a lot of it is stemming around, you know, I, I like that person, you know, but it has little to do with how they're measured from a, a performance perspective. And that is where there's a huge gap. I know I know of a, a business right now where all of the employees are paid all, they're all over the place. And there's no rhyme or reason who gets what, but they don't do performance reviews. So the employees look at it like, how do I, I don't know where I stand within this company or how I've measured or how I'm doing because they're not doing one-to-ones, they're not doing performance reviews. And I think that creates a, a very bad uh, culture problem because it creates animosity between employees and managers, employees and the owner of the business. So that is why I think performance reviews, especially in, in our space, they're almost vital to a business. I agree. I, I, I agree that performance reviews are vital. I, I feel that performance reviews need to be separate than um, promotions and pay increases simply because um, while that is a reality of the workplace, there's always going to be increases in promotions. Uh, we still should expect our employees to perform at a high level no matter what. So if they don't have that in place that is going to cause a issue with culture but moving forward um, I agree with doing performance reviews but at a previous job we ended up taking out the pay from the performance reviews and we did a biannual uh, pay review and market salary and we did our performance reviews quarterly so they always got feedback and it went with the business goals so when the business would put out their quarterly review then the managers would sit with their employees and they would also give a quarter, quarterly review with their employees and their goals would match the business goals that were set out. So that became very effective. And then every biannually, they would get a market increase or a cost of living increase. So it was separate from the performance review altogether, which I really felt increased the the positivity around because they weren't worried about, okay, well, if I don't do well, I'm not going to get that that 2% or 3% raise, or if my manager doesn't like me, I'm not gonna get that 3% raise. And that's what you see a lot in some businesses that are not doing performance management. They're all over the board. They're not at market level. They're paying this person an increase of 2,000, this person 1,000. I mean, it's all over the board. And employees will just get up and quit because they don't know where they stand. They don't have any trust in that business owner. And when the employees don't have trust in the business owner, you're going to lose employees. There are two things that I heard there in all of that that just continue to stand out to me in this whole discussion about performance management. One is buy-in, and one is clarity of expectations, and I think the two are inextricably linked. You set a clear expectation, 
and they're able to buy in. There's another piece of that that is part of acting out those two philosophies, that you care about their buy-in and you also care that they understand what your expectation is for them. And that's what's the percentage of time that you spend focusing on the past versus the percentage of time that you're, you're planning the goals for the next performance period. And I got from you that some of those managers in that quarterly feedback were spending more time planning what the next performance period would be. Right. Yeah, so we, we try to train the managers that to deal with the issue when the issue arises. So if someone's having an issue, let's talk to them right then. Let's work it out. Let's figure out how to move forward. So when you do these quarterly reviews, you do reflect on the past and say, okay, well, this happened, but how are we going to move forward and what are the goals moving forward? Um, so I would say most of the performance review is going to be focused forward. I would say maybe 20% reflect on the past. Excellent. So, so let's, let's talk about an established business. They've been doing performance reviews forever. Um, I, I would think the, the feedback from the employees is it's the same one every year. It's stale. What, what, do, what do HR professionals have to do to kind of jazz up the, the, the process to make it more appealing so that the employee, whether it's quarterly or annually, however often they're doing it, they feel excited about, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this review. So I think the first part would be to talk to the employees, see what they like and what they dislike about the performance review. Let them let them have the buy-in because, like um, Philip said, it's really important that they're part of the process. So if you just come out as an HR professional and say, here's a new performance review, they're just going to roll their eyes and say, here we go again. But if you go and talk to them one-on-one -on -one and say, hey, what do you like or what do you dislike about this? You can get their feedback and tailor it to something that they want to be part of. And I really think adding goals into that really helps get that buy-in because they're feeling like they're part of the organization and they're, they're helping the organization grow with the business owner. That's a good point. That's yeah. a very good point. Philip. I have a question for you. So when we're working with our clients around these performance reviews, when, um, when we're built, we're helping build these questions. You know, do you tailor them? You know, to Corey's point, to mirror what the company goals are, so that they're very much in sync with each other. Absolutely. So when I mentioned the the idea of buy-in and clarity of expectations, the uh, the unspoken part of that is that, especially millennials, need meaning in everything that they do and a great way to imbue the work of an, an of an individual employee with meaning and purpose is to map it back to the organization uh, the organization's mission vision and their values and so if i understand how running a report every single week and submitting it ahead of payroll fits in to my my department's goals and my organization's goals it has a whole lot more meaning than just the rote activity of doing so. And <clears throat> so you have a, a much, so what that does is if I'm pulling a report, I'm making sure that the quality is, is up to speed because I understand that there's a much broader implication or impact of that activity than just, oh crap, I gotta go do this again. Um, so it's taking what could be routine, which is the vast majority of all of our work, it revolves around a lot of routine. 
but taking it and tying it to a broader goal, to a, a long-term vision with real, achievable, clear, and inspiring even at times, um, visionary objectives. That's, that's how you give people meaning. And so, yes, when I'm helping a client write or rather distill the organization, the organizational's goals, vision, mission, and values into goals for the employees, we're looking at a clear sight line from that activity to the vision of the organization. That's a roundabout way of saying it, but it's just actually pretty simple when you put it into practice and constantly do that exercise of thinking about how does this impact where we're going. Right. Again, this speaks to why I really believe that most HR departments are are undervalued with some of with, with some businesses. Is it it's a it's a department we have to have, but it's definitely an undervalue of what you all are doing for the company, for the employees. Because if you don't have happy, engaged employees, we talk about that here a lot, your business is not going to thrive. Right. And I think it starts with the business owner themselves. If they are not clear with their employees and transparent, then it just trickles down. And so business owners need to realize that they they are the ones that build that culture. They can have any culture they want in their business, but it starts with them. And if they're not on board with it and they're not on board with helping an HR manager achieve it, it'll never happen. Yeah. I told one client this week that it, rather than thinking of it as a negative, I was hearing a litany of problems at this particular mm -hmm. organization. And I said, rather than thinking of any of this as a negative, it's a beautiful opportunity to uh, get buy-in from these employees, get maybe even make long-term employees out of these so-called millennials who are really hard to manage, who <laughs> need so much hand-holding and so forth. Rack. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I thought, well, they're missing, a lot of leaders are really missing the point that there's a beautiful opportunity here to establish a beautiful rapport that can be long-term with employees that can contribute and value uh, to an organization that gives value back to them, meaningful, right. meaningful value. Right. Because employees are your biggest asset. Without them, you don't have a business. And I think um, that's really big for business owners to understand and really accept. I mean, they can say they understand that, but um, are you really going to um, accept it and really be part of it? Because do the work. Yeah, do the work. It's a lot of thinking. It's a <coughs> lot of thinking and asking questions, grueling meetings with employees at times. I mean, it takes a lot to sit down and ask and to be receptive to what am I doing that I can improve on right. but the beauty in that if you can just get through the discomfort is that you have a brand new set of play rules uh, to go forward with that everyone agrees to Agreed. yeah it's hard for sometimes business managers want to hear the negative they want to hear that everything's great but as an employee who's doing the work there are issues and if you just decide to roll out a new policy or a new rule without any understanding of what that employee does, then you're almost harming it, harming the situation and helping it. So like you said, sitting down and really being receptive to what that employee says is gonna make all the difference. Let's take this back a little bit to the performance review um, topic. And that is, my, my next question has to do with the business that is interested in 
uh, performance evaluations, implementing some sort of performance management program who has never done it before. So what would you tell them if it's a kind of advice or if it's a, you should use this kind of review? Um, I think the first thing would be to evaluate your culture in itself. What, what would work for your organization? Um, do you have people that like to set goals or maybe salespeople who have measurable goals or are you, are you more industrial where you know, they're just you know, in manufacturing sending out a product? Um, so really reflect on what um, is gonna be best for the organization. Reach out to other HR professionals in that industry, see what's working for them, what's not working for them. And then sit down with your, your C-suite and make sure you have the buy-in from them. Because if without the buy-in from them, like we've discussed, it's never gonna work. And then sit with your employees as well, get their feedback, and then gather all that information and come up with one strategy what I would recommend. Awesome. That's great feedback. Well, Corey, we're going to uh, we're going to wrap up today. We want to thank you for being a part of this podcast. It was great. It's great having guests on that are, you know, well versed in this type of stuff, which you very much are. Uh, good luck in your in ne your next endeavor. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you and see how you're doing. Um, so again, uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in to listen to us. Um, I'm, this is going to be new, but I'm actually going to have a little call to action today. So if you're listening to this podcast, um, I would like for you to email sales at crescent-payroll.com. And if you, the first one to do that is going to get a complimentary audit um, with Crescent HR and Philip Carrillo. Nice. Um, audit should not be a scary word. It should be something that is embraced and we're here to help. So email sales, S-A-L-E-S, at crescent-payroll.com. First one to do that is going to get a complimentary audit. Thank you all for joining in. We look forward to our next podcast, which is going to be a follow-up to our remote workforce, but involves technology. Thank you. <laughs>